Coming up on this episode of the Unusable Podcast... It's not always a technical solution. Android's useless button. Posh pasta instructions. Welcome to the Unusable Podcast, where we discuss the importance of user experience in technology and the world around us, and talk about great design that just works, or moan about it when it doesn't. Andrew, hello. Hello, David. How are you? Uh, I'm all right, thanks. I'm just, <clears throat> just, 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 just sorting things out. Um, <laughs> You're so incredibly flustered. I decided to, uh, this episode to uh, to not do any editing, which means that we've got to be absolutely flawless. But the problem is, we are so not flawless. Let's see how it goes. Anyway, let's introduce uh, ourselves. My name is David Ball. I'm a front-end web and app developer. My name is Andrew Waite, and I am the CEO of a software product. Very good. Okay. Do you want to um, move on to the main topic, or can I tell you about what I'm going to have for my tea? <laughs> I mean, are people, are people going to be interested in this? I guess there's one way to so, find out. So we get this pasta delivered, right? <laughs> so I'm telling you anyway. So okay. we get the <laughs> pasta by post. It's pasta by post, and the, the reason why it's by post is because it's special posh pasta, right? And it's probably far too overpriced, but it is really. I was nice. going to say, you do realise that pasta is literally like flour and water, and someone's found know, a way like... to charge you a ton of money for it in fancy packaging and send it to your house, and you've bought it. You you. Uh, and I'm You've paying for it on a monthly subscription as well, so it's like passing the service. <laughs> P-A-A-S. So this really nice pasta, uh, it, it comes and it's it's really quick to um, to, to make because the pasta mm-hmm. is is fresh. Um, so you just have to boil it for a couple of minutes. But the instructions... So it's not, dr- it's not, dry, it's not dried pasta? It's no, dried no, pasta it's right. fresh, nice, lovely pasta. Um, yeah. And the instructions, there's only like five steps to it, which is... One, boil the pasta, uh, boil the water. Two, add the pasta to the water. Three, now it comes with a sauce. And so number three is where I have a problem with these instructions, right? And it says, um, okay. number three, while the pasta is, um, is cooking, also cook this thing. But the thing is, the sauce takes longer to cook than the pasta. But they've called that pass- point number three, whereas really that should be point number two. <laughs> and and I feel like it's it's not it's not quite correct because they word it as something like, meanwhile, while you know like it, so it's something that happens at exactly the same time, but obviously they they can't mm. convey that because this is a list of one two three four whatever. So yeah. Um. So they can't say cook this thing and this thing as both as point three. So um, point three is afterwards, even though it's kind of before. I I think if you looked up in a dictionary, first world problems, I think that's probably going to be the the dictionary example. <laughs> is that a minor inconvenience? Oh, is that a uh... minor inconvenience? <laughs> I think that's the definition of a minor inconvenience. Um, okay, fine, fine. 
Right, but ignore that then. Have you thought about writing to them and, and, and asking them to switch it around? Sure. Uh, no, no, not really. No, because I'm... That, that requires effort. I can talk about it on a podcast, but I, uh, I can't be bothered to actually tell them about it. No, because there's probably a um, reason. I don't know. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Um, so this is something that you, you told me about, and I started mm. looking into it, and it was about um, uh, Martin Lewis. Right. Yeah. Okay. So... Should we explain who he uh, is? Because I bet not everyone will know who Martin Lewis is. Okay, so Martin Lewis is a guy, he's sort of a celebrity in the UK, and he's kind of like the face um, of... Uh, Saving money. A, a company called Money Saving Expert. Uh, sorry, a, like a website called Money Saving Expert. And he, he, he goes on TV and he gives people tips on how to save money from their their energy bills and, and all that sort of thing. Usually, usually, the, usually it's, a, it's very similar advice, like phone up and say you're leaving and then you know, they'll give you a discount to try and retain you as a customer type thing. So he's kind of like a trusted person when it comes to financial stuff. But the mm -hmm. problem with that is that his face has been appearing on these adverts for scams. And yep. uh, and that's really quite concerning because, well, for, for him, because he's obviously built up his, his entire persona as being the trusted sort of person for money saving and investment you know maybe does he do investments i'm not sure but that's what the scams are about they're trying to um encourage people to spend their money on some some dodgy scam thing and these adverts are using his face and saying uh, martin lewis recommends that we that you do this this thing this pyramid scheme that clearly this, is a scam. this dodgy pyramid yeah. dodgy scam sort of thing and mm -hmm. these adverts are appearing on facebook and mm -hmm. What happens is that they'll they'll say that they'll have his face and they'll say click this and then it'll be taken to like some sort of weird copy of like a, a reputable i'm not sure if it's reputable but a an actual newspaper where it shows an article where his face is alongside a headline saying definitely do this thing click this link whatever and then this i think somebody calls you after that point and maybe you fill it in a form i don't know but what and then you lose your life savings to a scammer exactly so what he has to do is when somebody tells him about one of these adverts he has to report it on facebook so you can do that mm. you can click on the top right or whatever report this as a scam or whatever and you get all these different options as well is this spam or scam or harassment or whatever like that so he reports it as a scam but the thing is this has happened loads of times and he's obviously having to do this or one of his employees or whatever is having to um, find these things. And it's difficult to find them because these adverts only show up. For a small audience on Facebook. Yeah, right? in somebody's personal feed. So they won't yeah. be shown to him. They'll be shown to somebody else. So yeah. they have to tell him, hey, look, I found this. Yeah. So that he can report it and whatever. And Facebook do take them down i think mm -hmm. but the, but his from his point of view well they keep happening he says he's playing whack-a-mole or whatever um and then he was saying well, well i don't have the time to keep policing facebook why do they keep running these adverts um and and how that works is that somebody is using facebook as a platform to 
they're, they're paying advert to run these adverts. Uh, sorry, mm -hmm. they're paying Facebook to run these adverts, mm -hmm. and Facebook's taking the money, and they're just running them until somebody says, "Take them down, please. This is a scam." So yeah. Facebook is making money out of this this whole thing, and. Do you want to tell the next bit of the story? Because this is what you were telling me originally. Yeah. So, um, well, I think I think he successfully took Facebook to court, didn't he? Uh, and yes, he settled out of court, but because they, yeah. they negotiated about it. Yeah, but um, he, he argued obviously that Facebook has a responsibility for the quality of ads on their platform. I think Facebook would was arguing that well, people can post you know, ads, it's them who's, who, uh, you know, the people are posting the ads whose fault it is, you should be suing them. But but obviously they managed to settle out of court or whatever, which which I guess is some kind of liability, uh, admission of liability from Facebook, isn't it? Um, mm -hmm. But I think afterwards, and, and uh, he was invited to Facebook to try and, you know, come up with some solutions, right, and, and help them to not run ads like this in the future. And... All of the Facebook people around the room were, were coming up. This is according to, to what I heard from Martin Lewis, obviously. All the Facebook people around the room were saying, you know, we can't technically weed out these ads. We can't detect them. You know, we've tried these different techniques, you know, AIs. We've tried, you know, lots of different ways and people always find a way around it. So we can't weed them out, right? And Martin Lewis's point in response to this was that, why why are you limiting yourselves to a technical solution facebook right the facebook can only see technical solutions to the problem or the facebook team can only see technical solutions to the problem and martin Lewis was saying well if you just got to employ a load of people to approve every ad that's what you've got to do if that means mm -hmm. not you know if that if that's what's needed to stop my face appearing next to a scam advert then that's what you've got to do and facebook couldn't well, according to Martin Lewis, Facebook couldn't, you know, even imagine a a non-technical solution to the problem. And I think that's kind of interesting. I find I think that's true of a lot of tech companies, right? Everything has to be a technical solution. Yeah. So they're thinking, like, how can we write code to solve this problem? And he's like, no, just get a person to do it. Just do this mm. simple thing. Just get a person to have a look at it. And they're like, oh, no, but maybe we need to code some facial recognition thing and... Uh, and, and stuff but just, well i think just, i think from just have a look from, from facebook's point of view they would they were trying to they want everything to scale right they want a technical solution to everything so that a human isn't involved and it just scales infinitely so facebook don't like anything to be put in the way in terms of roadblock mm -hmm. um <clears throat> so i guess that's why they were so desperate to have a technical solution so that the everything can carry on being automated and no humans get involved and you know, anyone can just go on and post an ad and that ad goes live and it's all checked automatically. But Martin Lewis had this very valid point, which is if there is no technical solution, then just do it. Yeah, just get just on with it. Manually. It's not my problem. Yeah, it, 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 but it's almost like Facebook's defense was, I think this is the point. It, Facebook's uh, hit, Martin Lewis's point was that Facebook were almost using that as a defense, right? Saying, well, I don't know how you expect us to police this because... There is no technical way to stop all spam ads. Yeah. And that, but Martin Lewis's point is that's not a valid defense because just because there's no technical solution to that problem doesn't mean there isn't a solution to that problem. And you are liable for the content on your platform. So 
if you can't solve it with technology, that's not my problem. Yeah. You've got to solve it with humans or however yeah. it needs to be solved, but stop putting my face against adverts. So they're, they're trying to be all automatic about it, whereas yeah. you, have to do, you have to do it manually. Yeah. The, 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 th- the reason I think this is interesting, though, um, is, is that I think a lot of people in the tech industry are, are guilty of the same thing. I don't know if you, would, if you think you are. I think I am, I am. sometimes. Maybe. You think... I don't know. If someone comes to me with a, a, a problem or a business problem, my, my instant reaction is to think, how can we solve that with, uh, you know, by automating it, by hooking yeah. system A up to system B. I would never think in a million years we'll employ someone to copy that from A. Do you know what I mean? I would never, my brain never goes to human-based solutions. And, mm. and I wonder if that's both the superpower and the achilles heel of a lot of tech companies if that makes sense like it, it's on the one hand is it allows them it allows tech companies to do amazing things and scale to massive massive sizes but it's also a massive blind spot right if all you've got are technical solutions i don't know mm. i sometimes do try and uh because yeah, i work on websites so i the, the websites that i work on I can't say that they're all small, but sometimes they are the type where I could automate something. I could make something automated. However, I'm just thinking, um, I don't know, a system where a page would be automatically unpublished on a certain time or something that would be automated, like um, maybe it displays, uh, what's a good example? I'm not sure. But anyway, I I usually, just because I'm maybe a bit lazy and also I prefer simple solutions, I'll try and hard code things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes. We've yeah. got some websites where we, um, we uh, generate images, so show images. Now, it'd be quite a, it's quite a common thing these days to show a really more optimized version of the image, like a WebP mm-hmm. image, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And we've yeah. got some websites I've got a, a plugin in that will automatically um, turn the JPEG that you upload into a WebP and then serve that to the to the people who are viewing the website. Um, but we've got some older ones where it's probably a bit more complicated. And if 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 all I'm doing is adding one image to one site, I'll just go. I'll just use a tool that will generate a JPEG for me and a WebP for me, and go. I'll just add that. I don't need a whole plugin that does this all for me. It's only one image. I don't need a plugin. Uh, I, I suppose maybe, I that, maybe that's another thing. People need plugins for for doing complicated solutions when you could just maybe write a bit of code in a few minutes. Yeah, I think, but I think our podcast website is the perfect example of that. Like, it's just so simple and as both as developers we can both just go in and just write a couple of lines of code if we need to make a change there's no complicated cms behind it or anything oh i see yeah oh that's that's another thing isn't it yeah sometimes yeah. you'll make a web, really complicated website uh with a cms for a client and <laughs> and then it turns out do they need that they make one change a year which you could probably just yeah. do by by editing a file <laughs> I don't, just some, just keep it I, simple 
just keep it simple. Keep it simple. In fact, that was that's keep it simple. That's one of the things that uh, uh, Jacob Nielsen says is one of the uh, design. What's it called? Commandments. Is it one of the design commandment? Oh, maybe, mm. maybe so. I watched a video with Jacob Nielsen um, th this morning, and he was he came up with this quote, but then immediately said that the quote was wrong. Are we uh, just to check by the way? Are we allowed to still like Jacob Nielsen? Was didn't it come out that he's like not a nice person or something bad or something? And now there's lots of debate about. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I oh, could be God, totally wrong about that. So if if I am wrong about that, yeah, we might need to cut that out. Apologies. Oh my God! Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> I don't know, but do you? But, but the, the the debate is: Do you judge someone by the value of their work or by their personal lives? I don't know what he's done. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, and I can't remember, so I'm, I'm not going to comment. Um, Can I tell you this quote though? He he yeah, told me. Go ahead. He he, he described this uh, this quote from Einstein, which was, yeah. "Everything should be made as simple as possible, but no simpler." I like. How it. do you feel about that quote? That's a good quote, isn't it? However. Mm -hmm. That's not the true quote. That's not the true quote. That's a simplification of the quote by Einstein. Do you want to hear the actual quote? Go on. It's a bit long. <laughs> and not as good. It can okay. scarcely be denied that the supreme goal of all theory is to make the irreducible basic elements as simple and as few as possible without having to surrender the adequate representation of a single datum of experience. That is exactly the same thing said in about 30 words instead of five. Yeah, I like the, the, the simple boiled did, down I, version of it. Yeah. 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 No, but it's right. Yeah, you want you want as simple as possible without losing the thing that makes it what it is. Yeah, that's true. God. <laughs> In my experience, a I, I tried to apply a technical solution when actually a human solution was the right the right option. Uh, trying to organise a team. So I remember going back a, a few years ago, our team wasn't functioning particularly well. I don't think um, people didn't always know what they were doing um, or how what they were doing fitted into a bigger picture, and. Um, I was always looking for like a new tool, like a new project management tool that was going to fix the problem for me, right? I was forever going from like Jira to Monday.com to, you know, there's so many of them. And I was always like, you know, trying them out going, you know, as if I can just get this tool working, you know, they, they all promise in their marketing and their videos that, you know, it, it solves all your problems. Of, of course they claim that. And, um, yeah, I just go from one to another thinking, you know, always thinking for, for whatever reason, we just hadn't found the right tool yet. Uh, and then I realized that, uh, possibly later than I should have done, but maybe that's me being a, a, a tech guy, that that really the, the problem was a human problem, right? I needed to to, to, to to put a process in with the team to explain why we had that process, how they, they fit into a wider, um, a wider team. And... Um, and so we did that and we originally used Jira and it was transformational. Like we do 
retros every two weeks where we kind of um, talk about the process and how we can improve it and how we're working. Um, we actually moved to linear instead of Jira, which we thought was a better tool. But um, yeah, it that that was a case where I was putting a, a technical solution to something that was really a not a technical problem. You know, the technology was the last couple of percent. Um, yeah. yeah. So you just needed to work stuff out as people. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. But think about all the way throughout history. Um, I don't know, ancient Egyptians made giant pyramids. They didn't have Jira board, did they? they just, <laughs> just, just got on with it. What do you mean they weren't doing Kanban boards and, and <laughs> two, two weekly sprints? <laughs> Maybe they were. Maybe they were. I don't know if that was written down on the papyrus. Maybe they haven't found <laughs> any evidence of that just, yet. <laughs> just but, ship but, it. But what I mean is that, that huge sculptures, uh, huge monuments or whatever were planned huge projects were planned and they didn't rely on software to sort them out sort that out for them they organized themselves well yeah but even in they things just like, organized themselves in in the second world war you can imagine how much organization would have had to go on with the the, the troops um on both sides um and yeah they would have used at best, like paper and notes and things, and yeah, just people power minds yeah. and be cleverness. Yeah. yeah, but but yeah, the the lesson I learned is it's more about the process and the people than it is about the tool, right? The tool is just the thing that you use, right? And you can you can go from tool to tool, and it doesn't really matter as long as the people know what they're doing and how they're working and and, and how the work gets done. Yeah, uh, and that and that's not the tool's job to tell you that either. Can I tell you about our latest Twitter followers, Andrew? <laughs> yes, you can. Right. Do you want to say hello to them right after I've finished them all, not just individually this time? Uh, what? what? So I was going to say one big hello at the end. Yeah, please. Okay, I'll try and make it as grand as I can for you. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, okay. Uh, Jay Eskenazi, Vijay Singh, Anthony Adderley, Sam Norman and Mang Lee. It's nice to have you with us. Jesus, that's far too enthusiastic. <laughs> I did what you asked me to, though. I kept quiet for the whole, and then, yeah. Good. Should we do bad news of Mercy Nightmare? Yeah, should we do? Wait, hold on. Bad news. Bad usability nightmares. Good. Oh, it's me, oh, isn't you've, it? You've got one. Yeah. It's me. So it's just a. It's. it's pretty straightforward it's a gripe about the latest version of android oh uh, right okay and so i i was due an upgrade on my phone and i got the the pixel 7 the new one okay right and you know how for the longest time phones have had like you have the the volume rocker on the side yeah and then you have the power button right yeah right well Someone clever at Google has decided maybe the power button shouldn't be the power button anymore. What? <laughs> why would why would the power button not be the power button? What have they done? So by default, if the phone is on yeah. and you press the power button, yeah. 
you, you know how you like you press and hold it for a few seconds and the menu comes up and it says do you want to shut down and restart and all that kind of thing yeah yeah they've made it so that now doing that opens google assistant what and why if, would you want if, that and if you want to in, well it, and if and what they tell you to do is if you actually do want to turn off your phone or power off is that you press and hold the button for a couple of seconds assistant pops up and then you have to say with your voice shut down my phone or restart no. my phone no yeah. yeah yeah this is this is literally on the pixel 7 what like the little sort of prompts you know the onboarding prompts tell you to do now thankfully i have found an option to disable this and to make it go back to just being a power button which is what okay. i want however that's not before i had a little bit of a problem so this phone actually crashed okay and um so yeah it basically basically didn't work so i was pressing and holding the power button and uh yeah i couldn't say shut down basically because uh, it crashed. hang on it crashed in what way what do you mean what do you mean it crashed like it had locked up it locked up the phone had locked okay up. right um, and so you're trying to restart it, it is that what you're trying to do so, yeah, some bits of it were still working, but like for whatever reason, yeah. And yeah, I couldn't restart my phone without Weird. talking to it. So I had to I had to do the thing where you know you would press and hold it for like ages and ages and ages and ages and ages and ages. Yeah. And then eventually it kills it and okay. restarts it. At least um, you can do that then. But I find I find that really odd. Yeah. What <sighs> Why is it odd? So one, what for one reason, it's messing with convention, right? People have it's an established norm that that button on the side yeah, is the you button expect. you press to make it come on, the button that you yeah. make it to press to unlock it, and it's yeah. the button that you press to turn it off. So yeah. it's a learned convention that they're going against. So if I'm about to put it in my pocket, I want to make sure that the screen's off, make sure that I'm not going to do any pocket dials. So I'll press that button to turn off the screen. I know it yeah, doesn't so... turn off the phone completely. No, so quick press still does the same thing. So quick so it still press does that, still okay. But it's that like it's that like long press, you know, for a couple of seconds, and then it goes bzzz, and it like, yeah. I suppose there's rare occurrences while I, where I, I suppose there's rare occurrences where I will need to turn my phone off though. I mean, I know you go into like a movie theater and they say turn your phone off. No one ever does that. They just make sure it's on silent. Yeah, well, can you imagine having to talk to your phone and going, turn off now, please. <laughs> <laughs> A whole yeah. theatre of people all going fact, all saying that. In fact, that was actually one of the things that um, uh, I have run into that as well. So I was trying to um, restart the phone, and I was in bed, and my wife was asleep next to me. Yeah, and I don't want to be like having Google Assistant going, "Hello, how can I help you?" And I'm going, uh, "Restart now, please." No, like, no, of course not. Nobody wants nobody wants that. Anyway, I found an option to disable it now, which is good. But I just thought that's just just stupid decision. Like, fine, add a dedicated button for Google Assistant. Or I actually quite miss on earlier Pixels, you could like squeeze the sides of the phone, and that would make the assistant come on. I, like I miss that too. That was so like useful. Little... Yeah, squeeze. Yeah. 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 yeah but... They should they should bring that back. That was really good. Yep. Because it but, was just um, really handy. Well, I think I don't know. I get the impression that the. Maybe what they've 
done is people said they missed that and there's kind of like a Tesco value version. They've done the power button fires up the assistant thing. But maybe. Maybe so. I don't know. Wow. I've got a bad usability nightmare, but it's so similar to one that I've told you in the past that uh, I don't know if you'll let me get away with it. Um, okay. But I was using the, the, the Nike running app, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and I was signing up for it. This is, this is when I was signing up for it initially. And I was using my phone uh, and it wanted me to enter my date of birth. So it showed me a date picker. Now, yeah. This has happened to me before with date pickers, but this was like a custom date picker. So it wanted me to enter my date of birth. But okay. it was one of those like really simplified interfaces. So it looked kind of cool and nice. And I could I, I, I was looking at a calendar month, but that, that's when I realized that I would have to go back. I'd, the only way to go back a month, like there was no way to go back a year you couldn't type in a date. Okay, so so let, let, let me start again. It wanted me to type in a date, but it gave me yeah. a date picker showing the current right. month. And Which is dumb because nobody signing up for this Nike thing is going to be born. Born now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I the, the, I feel like we've we've I've had this problem many times on different yeah. websites, different apps. But yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I couldn't select the year. This is the this is the main problem. I couldn't select the year. There was no like there was an obvious button to go back next uh, last month and a button to show next month, which I mean is definitely dumb because I'm definitely not going to be born next month. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't I wasn't born yesterday. That's the phrase, isn't it? I wasn't so born I had, yesterday. I had to go back many 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 years by pressing. Yeah. Previous month, previous month, previous month. And oh then... my god! So 12, 12 clicks to go back one year. <laughs> is what yeah, you're saying? I realised I'd have to press it like four hundred times or whatever. It would, yeah, it would be crazy. Um, but then, but then there is a, a resolution to this. I did realise you could change the year, but you had to press. It was really not obvious. You had to press the, 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 the year, but that wasn't displayed as a button. Or a drop down or anything. It was or just, a drop down. It no, it to... wasn't. It didn't look like it was something that could be pressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I feel like they were messing with a kind of convention there. Uh, yeah. Because things that are clickable, they look clickable. Mm. Yeah, that's but they that, didn't the same look things... as a clickable. It didn't look like a clickable thing. The same thing's true in life, though, right? You want to make, you know, if, if you put a door on a building, you make it look like a door and it's distinct in appearance from the rest of the wall. Yeah. So people know it's a door. It has a door handle. You know, that yeah. that's, you know, an affordance that you can see what it does, how it works and how it's going to operate. You see this where on buildings where they have like glass, um, you know, like glass walls on the front and then the door is also made of glass and there's no very little differentiation between the door and the wall, and people just walk straight into a wall. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they think it's the the door, right? Yeah. Um, that's the, that's the same thing, but in in real life. That's it. Yeah, that is it. Very what, frustrating. And, and and what you've encountered there is the web equivalent of like a hidden passage, right? 
you know, like you know, like when in a in the movies where like I don't know, it's a bookcase like that behind, and like someone like tilts one of the books, and then it reveals a door to a secret passageway. That's yeah. essentially Some, what you found there on the web. Was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but that, there's a point with the secret passageway, right? That you want to, rem- you know, only people that know about it need to know about it. Whereas That's true on a web form, not really very helpful, is it? I don't want anything to be secret. If it's if it's something that's clickable, then show me it's clickable. That's that's all. <laughs> that's all I'm asking. On an app, on a website, uh, yeah, game, anything, any piece of software, or yeah, like you say, a door. Yeah, a door. I hate clickable. that. That's a good point, actually. I hate that in, in games. It's rare I play a game, but when you play a game and like. It's not obvious what things are clickable or how 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 to interact with it. I hate that. Yeah, I hate that so much. Anyway, that is the end of the podcast. If you've used something unusable recently, we want to hear about it. You can email us at podcast at theunusable.com and we're on Twitter at unusable podcast. If you've enjoyed this, there's plenty more. Uh, the last episode was called Solving EV Charging Problems, where Andrew interviewed Wolfgang Bremer. And on YouTube, we've got a video called What If Your Shower Was a Website? We also have unusable t-shirts and hoodies. Like that. Can you see it? That's what this well, if is. Anyone's, if anyone's listening to the audio podcast, that's going to make no sense. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and that is at podcast.theunusable.com. Music is by Gold5472. Please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast so you'll get a notification about the next one. And that is it. Until next time, goodbye. Bye-bye, everybody.